0: The Holy Gospel according to John, the first chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify to the light so that all might believe through him. He himself was not the light, but he came to testify to the light. This is the testimony given by John when the Jews sent priests and Levites from Jerusalem to ask him, Who are you? He confessed and did not deny it, but confessed, I am not the Messiah. And they asked him, What then? Are are you Elijah? He said, I am not. Are you the prophet? He answered, No. Then they said to him, Who are you? Let us have an answer for those who sent us. What do you say about yourself? He said, I am the voice of one crying out in the wilderness. Make straight the way of the Lord. As the prophet Isaiah said, now they had been sent from the Pharisees. They asked him, Why then are you baptizing, if you are neither the Messiah nor Elijah nor, nor the prophet? John answered them, I baptize with water. Among you stands one whom you do not know, the one who is coming after me. I am not worthy to untie the thong of his sandal. This took place in Bethany across the Jordan where John was baptizing. The Gospel of the Lord Praise to you, O Christ, and let us pray. Gracious God, send forth your spirit by the power of your word to create faith, to forgive sin, and to grow our love for you and for one another. Amen. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify to the light so that all might believe through him. Let me set the scene for you. December twenty eighth, nineteen ninety two. I was fourteen. Sorry, Anaheim Stadium, Anaheim, California. It was the ninth Freedom Bowl, that very coveted championship. My Fresno State Bulldogs were going up against that very overpriced community college known as USC. It was supposed to be a bloodbath, even though. Fresno State were co-champions of the Western Athletic Conference, and USC were a measly 6-5. Everyone just wrote it off, and and USC scored the first touchdown, and those of us who were fans were a little concerned that it wasn't going to go well, but then my Bulldogs scored 24 unanswered points to win the game. It became the biggest game in the history of Fresno State football. Some people want to, to argue that point, but I will not. Trent Dilfer, uh, Super Bowl champion Trent Dilfer, played one of the best games of his life. Ronnie Rivers and, and, and Lorenzo Neal just ran all over the place. It, it was awesome. It was when my, my real fandom for them began. My, my grandparents lived in Fresno, took me to games all the time, but I never really was a fan until that game. And the reason why was because I was there, corner of the end zone. It was raining. My grandfather was getting yelled at for standing up too much because he was getting rather animated over how the game was going. I was there. I saw it. It happened. It was an amazing victory, and it changed everything for me because from then on, through thick and thin, through good and bad, I am a Fresno State Bulldog football fan. We all have those kinds of moments in our lives, those, those historical things that happen, that impact us. It, it could be everything from the, the twins winning the 91 World Series. Many of us remember that. It, it could be uh, that, that time when the Vikings won the Super Bowl. Oh, wait. Sorry. Um, it could be a lot of things. Tragedies. 41 Donut. It could also be things like... Pearl Harbor, I was just visiting with a couple this last week who told me about how they remembered that day so vividly. Many of you were able to remember when JFK was, assass- was assassinated. You knew, you know exactly where you were, what you were doing, what your age was. This last week, it was 40 years since John Lennon was assassinated. Maybe many of you remember that day like it was yesterday. I still remember September 11th, 2001. I had just worked an overnight shift as a custodian and I walked out to the living room in, in our new house in Lonsdale. We'd only lived there a month, and, and my wife's best friend Amy was visiting with us and it was on the TV. I still remember. We remember those things. Many of us were there, either physically or in spirit. We remember how it felt, what we saw, what we thought. It impacted us, and we want our retelling of it, our remembering of it, to impact others. And so it shouldn't be too much of a a leap to move from being a witness to things that we have seen, to hearing of a witness of things that we have not seen. I don't know if you know this, but you are blessed ones this morning. From John 20, Verse 29, Christ declares it to you that you are blessed. Because he says, Blessed are those who have not seen and yet believed. He was speaking to Thomas, doubting Thomas, all of us remember that story, that, that the one that, that would not see unless he believed. And Christ declares to us, to you, that even though you may have not been a witness to the baby born in Bethlehem, maybe you were not a witness to that cross, to the empty tomb. To the ascension, yet you believe, you trust, and so you are blessed, and you witness to those things that you have not seen, because you believe them to be true. Well, this is what today is about, rejoicing over what God has done, but especially we rejoice because we have witnesses to it. Specifically, John the Baptist this morning comes to us as the preparer to prepare us, to remind us of what has been seen and heard of this Christ and what is handed over to us, especially that which is recorded in the scriptures for us. So it's there all the time for us to read. and actually becomes more than just a man speaking to us about something that he likes, but actually the recorded words of God. Recorded in all the Gospels, this interaction of John the Baptist, that we may know who God is, what God has done for us. And so we get given John the Baptist. It says that he was sent from God, someone who was sent on a mission to us. He has a job, he has a role, he has a calling. He's not supposed to be anything else but this John the Baptist sent from God. And so just like it can go bad for a burger joint trying to make pasta or for a baseball team to try and win a game by playing with the rules of cricket, or maybe even a politician playing at Savior. So, too, it would go wrong for John the Baptist if he wasn't who he was, which was to be this one sent from God with a job. He realizes he's not the sender. He realizes he's not the leading man in the drama of the redemption story that is taking place. They ask him, and he says, "'I am not the Messiah.'" I'm not the Savior, but I know who is. And that's actually the first work of God upon us to help us realize that we are not God. We are, we are not Jesus. We are not the Savior. Isaiah 43 makes it poignant for us. You are my witnesses, declares the Lord, and my, ser- my servant whom I have chosen, so that you may know and believe me and understand that I am He, no God was formed before me, and there will be none after me. I am the Lord. Besides me, there is no Savior. I alone declared, saved, and proclaimed, and not some foreign god among you. So you are my witnesses, says the Lord, and I am God. From today on, I am he alone, and none can rescue from my power. I act, and who can... Reverse it. This declaring to us of who God is and that we are not. And so when John the Baptist comes speaking of what it is that God has done, is saying, is going to do, we probably need to listen, because when the creator of the universe speaks, it's probably important. Then says that being one sent from God, he's sent as a witness, a witness to testify to something and he makes this very clear, because they want to know who he is. They ask him about being the Messiah, about being Elijah, about being the prophet from Deuteronomy 18. And he says, no, no, no. And then they finally say, well, darn it, who are you? Who are you? We know you're some dude named John, and you wear some weird wardrobe, and you do some interesting things. And he just says, well, I'm just a voice, just a measly little voice. And they say, is that it? And he says, is that not enough? I'm a voice as a witness to you. Calling to you. I think of it as the audio commentary on some of our, our digital uh, movies that we get to watch, or DVDs, or Blu-ray, where you can set it so that it describes to you what is happening on the screen. It's, it's for those who, who uh, have lost their eyesight or, or do not have it, to be able to make sure that not only do they hear the dialogue, they hear What is happening? And this voice of John the Baptist, this voice speaking to us, becomes that voice to us. This testimony that screams to us, that says, Out to the wilderness. He calls us out of our comfort, out of the place that we enjoy, and says, Go out to the wilderness. Go out to the freeway of our God. Go out. To I 90, flying right through South Dakota. No turnoffs, no dead ends, no U turns. You're on your way straight towards that finish line where God is the end of all things for us, where He tells us where to go. On Thanksgiving, my family and I went to our mother in law's. She had already had COVID, so we had our COVID Thanksgiving celebration. But we went to her Catholic church for services that morning, and Father David talked about putting blinders on, like with horses, how, how having the blinders would, would try and keep the horses on track, help them not to see the things to, to, that around them that, that, that could distract them. So too for us, we get those blinders on to see the finish line, to see God, to see Christ, to see what it is that he he is calling to us, asking us to come. And in the same way, we have to trust the one who is guiding us, who's leading us as we are walking along as that team of horses with the blinders on to to trust that we'll be protected from the dangers around us and that they they will keep us on track. And so, too, we have the guiding of the Holy Spirit to keep us in that right direction, but also that voice calling to us, come, come this way. Because besides being sent from God and sent as a witness, John the Baptist comes with a purpose so that all might believe. Coming as a voice of faith to trust the testimony of Christ, the testimony about this Christ, to trust for instance, that we are in the dark and we need the light. I can't think of a better description of this world right now with COVID and everything else. The fear that we have, many of us, being crushed, being abandoned, not knowing what is around the next turn, even as a pastor, needing that light to cling to, to find just that pinpoint of light in a completely darkened room that we might find our way out, knowing that that is the direction that we are to go. And so we hear from John the Baptist of this light, this one that is coming, and we are not even worthy to shine his shoes, but he makes us worthy. And that's that call to us as witnesses too. The continual need for the voice to be in our ears So we might learn it more and more because we we often forget it of this Christ who is coming to do this work, that we might know it by heart, so that we can tell of the goodness of God encapsulated in the flesh of Christ. Because often we forget the story and we need to hear it again of, of the God who creates, who creates out of nothing, who makes us, who forms us, who guides us, who leads us, who gives to us, and how often it is that we fall into our one greatest sin. Of wanting to deny him, or at least think that we can tell him what to do and tell him where to go. And yet, what we learn during Advent and what we learn from the Christmas story is that God does not abandon us. Paul speaks to us in Galatians chapter 4, verses 4 and 5, when he says, When the time came to completion, God sent his son, born of a woman born under the law, to redeem those under the law, so that we might receive adoption as sons. And the time came, and the fullness of time was at hand. He sends Christ, born of a woman, meaning born into our flesh, into our mortality, born under the law, meaning born into our world, that we might be redeemed from under that law and receive adoption as children. The witness becomes Christ fulfilling all things for us. All the other attempts that we make to try and find something else, to find a a different Savior. Instead, comes this testimony, this witness, to grant to us the Savior we need, the one who reconciles us with himself, who makes all the first moves, taking us out of our search for other Saviors and, and, and gives us the one we need, which happens to be that baby born to die. So don't let the packaging fool you. Just like USC was a little surprised by Fresno State. Christ should surprise us in that manger every time. Every time. should be amazed that God would wear diapers. That he'd wear diapers for the purpose that he might grow up to become a man to suffer and die for the sins of the world, as John preaches later to pay the price and to buy you back because what we understand of that baby is that captured in that baby is the fullness of God Paul also says to the Colossians he says for God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him that is Christ and through him to reconcile everything to himself whether things on earth or things in heaven by making peace through his blood shed on the cross that's the witness in the story for you this Advent in the midst of all the darkness, all the fear, we still have this Christ, this child born, that we might receive adoption. So this is here, even in John 1, the first chapter of the end of our lives, knowing that our, where our life end ends, Christ begins, as who we need during this Advent and during this Christmas. So happy Advent. Thanks be to God. Amen.